Finding Balance, Millennials in the Church, Take One. Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Alexander James. I'm here sitting with my good friend, Mike Johnson. Um, and we are uh, starting this new journey. We are um, uh, going to be starting kind of releasing some content for you all just from our hearts, our perspectives. But first, a little bit about me. I'm Alexander James. I'm an artist and pastor here in L.A. Um, born and raised L.A. all day. Englehood. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I want to be able to speak to and from uh, that perspective. And I'm sitting here with my good buddy. Michael yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, family? This is Michael Johnson, uh, also a pastor, uh, but in Long Beach, LBC. <laughs> I am a husband. I'm an author. Um, I try to be the best disciple and follower of Jesus Christ I can be, and I'm prayerful I can uh, influence some people along the way. Yeah. So here's here's our heart our heart for this kind of time together. First, thank you for clicking. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing and all that jazz. Um, we really, really want to create this space where we kind of talk about this idea of culture in the church, um, but from a very unique perspective. We want to talk um, to and for millennials. Um, it's about that time, and church culture is is getting different. It's changing. Um, but the question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right. Are we going the right way or the wrong way? Right. Um, so we want to kind of talk through those things. And I think some language me and Mike came up with is that we want to we want to challenge the church on behalf of millennials, yeah. but we also want to challenge millennials on behalf of the church. I love it. Wasn't that good? Isn't that good? I, I feel like we, we need conversations that challenge us, challenging Sometimes we always look at challenge as a bad thing, but challenge actually is a good thing. It right. leads to development, maturity. Uh, it gives you a chance to revisit what needs to shift, what needs to change. So if by chance you are uh, comfortable in your place, listen, there is no growth in that. We need to be challenged. And I think we are overdue in having hard conversations. Some crucial conversations are necessary so we can progress forward, be better examples to each other, but also just be uh, better advocates, especially as a Christian. Right, and, and, and we just look at the, just the data, right? So um, the beloved seasoned saints who's, um, who's uh, you know, first of the month check has been keeping the church open. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are going on to be with the Lord. Man, Amen. Yes. Um, and true. by, what is it, 2035, 2040, um, millennials will be making 60% GDP. Wow. So 60% of all the money made in our nation we made by one age group, and that's never that's happened in history. Crazy. So, what does that mean for the church? That means that the group that can keep your church open, in some cases, are the millennials that have been ignored. That's good for 10, 15 years. That is crazy. So, we, this we think this podcast is important to yeah. you because as you transition to leadership in your church, uh, not only that, but in your life, in your family, in your relationships, uh, we want to create a place to kind of have good, healthy conversations yeah. and also a healthy debate. Um, to figure out what are the best ways to do that um, and even what are ways that others have failed that we can learn from. Yeah, yeah. Don't let it stop here. Whatever you hear from this conversation, hopefully it'll be contagious, just like a fire grows in different locations. Let this be the conversation that starts here but takes place at your school, at your job. Um, if you are a millennial, then this is not just 
uh, from us to us. This is about you as well. We're in this together. And so hopefully uh, this contagious conversation will grow uh, to astronomical heights and, and weights and depths. And so uh, we'll be able to find uh, levels of being more healthier and being more productive and more valuable to each other. I heard John Maxwell once said that uh, it's important for us to add value to each other. Yeah. I think this conversation is, is really that. It's going to have an opportunity to add value to you so you can do the same thing to somebody else. Right. And, and here's one way you guys can help us add value. Please like, share, subscribe. Um, let your other friends know who are like maybe in church, maybe jaded, maybe they disengaged. Maybe maybe you're one of those who were like in uh, 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 a church and you kind of feel looked over and passed yeah. over, so you don't really necessarily feel prepared. Right. Like, this is for you all. Yeah. Um, if you're in your, your marriage, a, a new marriage, or you just started seriously dating, or maybe you just had your first child, and you're like, mm -hmm. how do we do this? Um, th this podcast is for you, so please, like share, subscribe. Mike, what's our, our first topic of the day? Listen, our first topic of the day today is how church is changing. It is not the same. It's got a different, almost going through multiple facelifts. Right. And so uh, we're about to consider uh, from the standpoint of a, of a doctor looking at this culture or a surgeon looking at this doctor and seeing how the culture is changing and what can we do to not only be uh, a part of the change, but also how can we help this change uh, to be more effective as we are believing and getting God glory. Right, because all of some of it is good, yeah. but it's all of it good. Right. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, family? So listen, thank you again for joining us. And let's get right into our first topic, how church is changing. Uh, if you are a millennial, if you are a baby boomer, if you are a Gen Z, whatever the case may be, then you'll notice that church does not look the same as it once did before. We have so many different, uh, uh, we have a variety uh, of how the church looks, where are different ways. It's, it almost remind me of a buffet. Mm. You ever go into a buffet and you actually have so many different options? Like there's Latino food, there's there's uh, Pacific Island food, there's, there's so many different things, soul food, whatever the case may be. There are so many different aspects of food, but here's another cr uh, crazy part. There's also a variation of that specific food, right? It's not just you know, soul food, but now there are specific different types. Fried chicken, baked right, chicken. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so listen, there, there, there is no excuse for you who uh, feel like that you don't have any options to consider that there is a church for you. There are ministries, there are cultures uh, that have been saved by Jesus Christ and they are available to you. So whatever uh, tickles your fancy, listen, right, right. Jesus has saved them and also is available to you. But the challenge I think is the church as a whole, are we embracing these different varieties, the variations of these different churches? If you consider the body itself, it's different, right? You got the hand, the feet, you got the eyes, the ears. Can yeah, you yeah. imagine if the foot got into a conversation with the ear and said, look, bro, I'm more valuable than you? Mm -hmm. like, you no. change it. Right, you would change it. But but let me let me push back, Mike. Only because like, I like your buffet <laughs> metaphor because I like food. Food. <laughs> but... If you ask my wife, uh -huh. she don't do buffets. I'm with you. I'll say, wife, why don't you do buffets? She needs something. She said, because they have a lot of to pick from, but nothing they specialize in. Ah. She's, my wife is convinced that the quality of the food at a buffet 
is not as good because they're trying to do too much. And I would argue a lot of folks feel the exact same way about the church. church. We're trying to do so much. We're trying to do be event coordinators and right. we're doing wedding planning right. and we're like being like little hipster joints yeah. and we're doing open mics and we're trying to create superstars and yeah. folks are trying to get rich. Right. But are we specializing in like just the love of Christ? Right. Just teaching the Bible. Just right. doing community and fellowship well. I, but what, I think that's the beauty of the church is that I think our greatest strength is not in how we look like each other, but in our differences. Some churches are great in evangelism. Some are good for discipleship. Some are good for fellowship. I think there are so many different strengths in each church. I think it's not fair for us to pose judgment that this church is not valuable just because they're not as strong in certain areas. Right, right. And I I agree. I guess my my thing is, if we take this through the millennial lens, right? The millennials who were, you know, if you were like me, you know, born black Baptist, I'm talking white gloves to usher. (laughs) I'm talking, you put your your finger under your neck and make the three, and that means I need need a fan, you know? (laughs) You know, we're doing usher marches, and it's the choir, and it's the the robes, and the... Right. No offense to anybody. I'm just saying that's that's my <laughs> culture. Content, yeah. uh, you know, the hooping. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, if you go on YouTube and just look up Preacher, they all in jeans. You know? They in you. jeans, Hawaiian shirts. Yes. You know, they yes. in, uh, these cats <laughs> in t-shirts. Right. And $400 t-shirts. Right. You know? Yeah. You got uh, all these, and it's just, church is different. Church has changed. Um, and I guess my, my first question to you, Mike, would be like, like, how do you think, um, well, in your experience, how, how are folks reacting to the change? Let's say not just millennials, but like more seasoned saints. Yeah. In your experience, how are seasoned saints reacting to church looking and feeling different? I, I think it's a, it's a, a catch-22 because hmm. it's like they're holding to the traditions that they're used to and on the outside. Traditions they, it, like what? Traditions, uh, like you said, I mean, Usher days, yeah, uh, the the long skirts, yeah. uh, the choir days. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the, long, to the, right, the, the dress. Let's be honest. I was brought up in church, God in Christ. We 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 were known to have big hats, not just for first late first uh, 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 church anniversary, pastor and wife anniversary. Like they would wear those hats. My mom to this day still has some hats to pull it out the queue. So just in case she gets an invitation from y'all, shout out, shout out to Mama Johnson. <laughs> Mama Johnson, she ready for? She you know she ready for it. However, I think when it comes to uh, some of the season saints, it's crazy. The, the the conflict is they embrace their traditions, but they cannot neglect the comfort, the convenience, but also the the sense of satisfaction they get knowing mm. that they can be more freer. So it's almost as if they found value in their limitations, but they find liberty in this opportunity. Uh, don't y'all love how Mike talks? Right. He does that all the time. He'll just be walking down the street and be like, you see the restriction on the taco is nothing like the freedom of the chorizo. It's like, come on, man. No, I, I love that, man. That's really I good. Think, I think that's what's happening with, with a lot of seasoned saints is that some of them who used to be super judgmental about this generation, they're a little bit more quiet and timid because they're dealing with this internal battle of, wow, like this is totally different than what I'm used to. But I kind of like it. Mm. So even themselves, when they go to a church that has, we'll say, 70% millennials who are dressed in jeans and a shirt, yeah. you're going to see Mama Johnson come in her long jean skirt. 
you gonna see, you right. know, uh, Uncle Uncle John come in and he ain't wearing a tie, but he got a dress down shirt, took off his jacket, he said it's too hot, and he probably come in jeans, and you might catch him on a day wearing some loafers, no. if not some J's. What? I'm saying you yeah. having that dynamic, but on the same on the same day they can still sing Amazing Grace. Hmm. On the same day they can still swing How Sweet This, you know, all the songs. And, that, and that's that's my thing, man. My my fear from the from the millennial perspective is that I also don't want us to turn this new church culture into a golden calf. And what I mean by yes. that is yes. going to become an idol. Yeah. Um. And and I say that to kind of put myself on blast, right? So every I've said this all the time, like. Every critique I have for the church is a stain on my own shirt. Wow. Um, so what I want to do um, first before we before we get into the other half of some of these changes yeah. is is just say that that same um, you know woke up this morning with my mind right that that same old Jesus excellent boom boom <laughs> that that church like. That church raised me. Yeah, man. Um, and yeah, there were there were some stains. Be who we are today. Exactly. If there's some stains on the shirt. Yes, guarantee. Yes, there's sir. some there's some Mars in the clay. Got you. But when you look at it historically, yeah, I'm talking L.A. riots. I'm talking crack yeah. epidemic. That church was the life raft yeah. for thousands of families. Yeah. So I caution millennials. To just throw the baby out with the bathwater right. and say anything that's old is automatically bad. That's good. In the same way that you know some of our politicians, whenever they say, um, you know, what's your what's your black agenda? They say, well, you know, we're gonna help the poor. And I'm like, he asked you for your black agenda, not your poor agenda. <laughs> Why did you associate yes, automatically yeah. black with poor? That's true. In that same mindset, I don't true. want millennials to associate old with bad. That's very true. I think that. Um, and this is like case in point, the, the, the generations that came before us, the builder generation, they have songs that have stayed the test of time. Yes, sir. We got a new hit every week. Good and point. there's something about staying power wow. that I think is important. Um, we can be the leaves on the tree, but if a leaf tries to disrespect its roots, the leaf dies. Dies. But the tree needs the leaves because yes. we're the ones bringing in the sunlight. <laughs> yes. So we got to learn to work together. I love that. Um, so yes, things are changing, but it's important for both sides to appreciate each other. Um, and what I want to do now, we're going to transition a little bit. And let's talk a little bit more specifically about some of these changes and whether or not we are getting closer to, say, an Acts 2 church or are we getting farther away. Stay with us. Getting closer or farther away from what it was meant to be. All these changes. Is it becoming um, what God would intend? Um, is it really about... That's my son Caleb, y'all. Uh, please be nice. Is it really about... Um, is it really about uh, the jeans and the cutoffs and the... And the hangouts and the lounge areas and the, you know, or is it the big concerts and the fundraisers and the, you know, all that stuff like church is changing. And we have to ask ourselves first uh, with this debate that's happening over social media about um, and we're going to get into it like Kanye and all this stuff that's happening. We have to be honest and say first, what was the church supposed to be in the first place? Um, you can't measure if you're far away from something. If you don't know where the starting point is. Yeah. Yes, sir. I agree. And, and I, I think it's necessary for us to 
um, not look at it from a biased viewpoint, but consider from how Christ looked at it. You know, Christ being obviously uh, the head of the church, the one of the worst mistakes we can make in regards to differentiating which is a right church or a wrong church is to look at it from your own biased viewpoint. Right. Um, if I can be honest, I, 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 I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I deal with levels of being judgmental uh, only because I have elevated my own biased opinion over something that I don't fully agree with or understand. Give me an example, Mike. Um, I don't want to jump ahead with the Kanye situation, but um, uh, I'll, I'll just look at some of the church context today. I mean, there's a lot of churches that are functioning in a way that I would say they are super liberal. You know, I, I, I was brought up not really in a conservative church, but I believe in structure. I believe in order. I believe that there, there should be um, dynamics that keep us are you saying they ain't got no structure, Mike? <laughs> I'm not saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm not are saying. You, you saying these, okay, church, these let, churches let, are boneless let, chicken? Let, let they me, boneless chicken. Let, no structure. <laughs> let, let me give you. Let me give you this thought. Um, Shamu, the original uh, orca uh, that was in uh, SeaWorld, um, there was a group of people who debated that uh, Shamu should be let free. Right? He brought up in captivity in SeaWorld, etc. So they actually uh, made a campaign, decided, okay, let's go ahead and release the original orca, and guess what? Didn't survive. Why? Because it's been in captivity all its all its mm. life, and finally when they let it go, uh, the whale could not deal with the freedom or the wild. Wow! So the captivity literally facilitated an opportunity for it to survive. Mm. For many of us, while we are so adamant on the necessity of being free and liberal, would have by chance those chains are what keeps us surviving. Yeah, man. What keeps us alive. So for me personally, I kind of like. The what someone called the traditional model because it keeps me from losing myself. Yeah, man, and, keeps... I, and I can also see that through the lens of like a, as a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely restrictions that I set on my boys. Right. Like, no, you can't touch the stove. Um, and what if he was like, but God gave me independence and I'm free to touch the stove. Like, like yeah, but all things are expedient. Mm -hmm. So are you more so saying like? Yeah, it's lawful for you to do that to have to that way, but, it's not, but it may not be expedient. But 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 I think the mature me is saying that I cannot throw shade if that is something that you do mm. and if it works for you. So it's one thing for me to embrace. You know, I, I I'm I'm not a. You'll never probably see me in open jeans. No no shade. You never see me in no tight jeans. Look, y'all, I'm still in the 1990s slash 2000s. I still wear a little bag of jeans. My, actually, these jeans are a little bit tighter than normal. But that's probably the <laughs> tightest. I love right. but I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> but that's the tightest I'll ever go. I still wear dad hats and, and, and that kind of stuff. But I can't throw shade on, on the cat who's on the stage and he's wearing the tight jeans and he's got the, uh, uh, what are those, what are those uh, boots called? Those really boots that they all be wearing, the Stephen Furtick boots, you know, the, you know, Stephen <laughs> Furtick boots, and the point I'm trying to make, no shade on Stephen Furtick, shout great, out preacher yeah, speakers, right, right, great, great preacher, all I'm trying to say is that that culture is on assignment to a certain group of people that I probably mm. will never, never be able to connect to, yeah, man, I like that, because, because then it takes the debate from right or wrong to if we measure right by who it's reaching, boom, yeah, like, boom. what if it's not about me projecting my preferences and what I would prefer church to be because of my history, my culture, my environment, and what I enjoy. Yeah. But if we make church about, is it reaching someone that wasn't reached? Right. And if we use that as a measurement to whether or not a church is quote unquote 
good. Yeah. I, I like that. Now let me let me ask you this though. I think there should be measurement totally agree. of whether or not their church is bad. Oh. So let's let's also be clear. We're not saying anything goes as long as you're having fun. <laughs> if you're not teaching the Bible, come on. Clearly, come on. If Jesus is not the the King, if he's if you're not teaching, Jesus came, died, rose on the third come on. day, and as our as we believe in him and his resurrection and live lives in submission to his word and yeah. his will, um, to the degree of our relationships, our finances, our time, our energy, our talents, mm-hmm. then yes, you are not going to a good church if they're not teaching from the good book. Right. I totally agree. L- listen, there is no replacement for the word of God. The word of God stands firm. It is our foundation. It is what brings life and light in dark places. And so, I mean, even now, we have a culture who are, are being driven by what they call the Queen's Book. Mm. You know, I don't want to get too much into it, but I mean, what there, there are, as we talked about earlier about the different buffets, we now have different variety of Bibles yep. that are taking out certain convicting language for the sake of giving them a license to be free and liberal. See, see, now that's when I have a problem. Yeah, I, man. See, see, it's one thing for culture to have the freedom to express their um, their uniqueness, right? It's, it, I have no problem with someone expressing uh, what makes them creative, but there's a problem when the word of God that, that, that makes sure that the line isn't crossed or makes sure that the tether isn't cut between us and Christ. Mm-hmm. When that line has been cut, now we have an issue. We have a problem. Now we're, we're not dealing with the lack of a God church, but a powerless church. I, I hear that, man. But let me let me play devil's advocate. Okay. And I say that because a lot of churches are really legalistic. Okay. Uh, and and what, what, what you would perceive or they would perceive as structure yeah. is a prison. I got you. Where, where I don't thrive in your church unless I adopt your church's culture. Right. And as there are tons <laughs> of churches right now, speaking on behalf of millennials, um, where it's like, all of you, the in the sermon is all of you are beautiful, unique butterflies for Jesus Christ, and all of you have your own strengths and gifts and talents and yada yada yada. But when you walk in the church, it's like leave your wings at the door. Ah, you know, leave, I got you. Leave leave your culture. Yeah. Leave what makes you unique. Leave Stay what you're passionate about. Leave what yeah, what man. what makes you creative. Like don't bring that in here because to thrive here, you have to talk like us, dress like us, yeah. walk like us, and. A thriving church isn't a bunch of people who have acquiesced to a particular culture. It's people who have trusted God to actually be who they are. That's good. I think that when you look at Adam and Eve, they were completely naked. They were their exact the best versions of themselves that they could be. When sin came in, they decided to cover up. Yeah. Which means that our our truest form has a lot more to do with authenticity and honesty with, with self and with God. Than, 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 than other things. So I'm saying on, on behalf of those millennials who are, who are using like uh, other versions of the Bible and maybe hyper-liberal churches as an out, I get why they have the appetite to go somewhere like that. Gotcha. Because to go from starving, then you go eat way too much. Way too much. So the, 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 pendulum, <laughs> like the pendulum has to swing all the way the yeah. other way when, when, when what they've been used to. And I, I say that to say like... Um, to kind of challenge the, the church from behalf of millennials, I would say this, like, as, as many critiques as the church and the more seasoned saints have for millennials, no generation produced itself. That's good. Right? That's good. So so every critique they have for us, y'all made us. 
<laughs> right? Like, millennials didn't we came like, from y'all. Exactly. Millennials yeah. didn't come from nowhere. That's so like, true. Like, y'all say, all you, all you guys do is watch TV and all you do is on your phones. Yeah. Like, weren't you all the generation that bought the TVs? <laughs> you all the generation who were like, don't get mad at TV and everything. We just, we just <laughs> updated the technology and yeah. doing the same thing y'all taught us that to is, do. Yes. Yeah, so, I would say that millennials have to acknowledge that we came from somewhere. Yes. And the, the more seasoned saints of church has to acknowledge that we didn't wake up like this. That's good. Y'all made us like this. Yeah, that's good. But man. on that note, I think it's a good time. We're going to transition to that boy from Chi-Town, Kanye. Oh, goodness. Kanye and goodness. Sunday service. Let's get into what's happening, how it affects the church, yes. um, and specifically urban millennials. Yeah. How should we interact with what Kanye is doing? Yeah. Let's get after it. All right, y'all, before Mike gets into this topic, I got to do this. Jesus walks. <laughs> I just had to do it. All right, Mike. All right. Throwback. Throwback. Um, so, so it's the, the one of the hot topics. I mean, I would to say, like to say that someone's saying, oh, it's starting to get old. But no, this is actually almost one of those prolonged topics. It's mm. like almost like Gumby. Like it's it like being stretched. And it's just covering. Hey, Mike just showed his age. I'm talking about Gumby. For those of you who no, weren't Gumby. born yet, Gumby is a green cartoon character made of gum or like some stretchy, stretchy laughing material. Right. material. Yeah. So he has the power to stretch. So just so you understand that reference, right? Those of you who aren't who weren't anyway, go right? Ahead. Them Gen Z. I got you, Mike. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I mean, this whole conversation is being is being stretched, and uh, I think the reason why this conversation is important is because. It's not just about Kanye, but it's also about the culture he represents. Mm. Um, that what he, culture is that, Mike? Well, many of us would call it unchurched, but it's not really unchurched because he actually has understanding of the church. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and someone probably you probably can correct me, um, his 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 mother actually exposed him to the church yep. uh, in, in in Chicago. And so uh, after that, he transitioned obviously into a secular arena with music and rapping, but he didn't forget his roots. There are many other millennials. Here's the crazy part that messed me up before we get really deep into Kanye conversation is that this is not an uneducated generation. No. This is a generation who is very fully aware of tradition. They just choose not to make it a priority. Why? You tell me. Listen, because because you gotta understand, like people, it's like um it's like a bike. You don't forget how to ride a bike. Right. I'm with you. But you realize that cars are faster. Yes. You know? Like, right. Like, right. So I would say, man, like, this, this, we have the most. But cars also make you lazy. Uh, hey, cars, uh, in a sense. Uh, I mean, I mean argue. if I'm going to the gym, like, <laughs> here's, what, here's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I would say this really quickly. Like, we are the most creative, uh, most educated generation yeah. up until our point. I think uh, Gen Alpha may have us beat, but, you know, studies aren't in yet. Um, but because of that, I would argue that a lot of us catch a lot of flack because we went and did what our parents wanted us to do. They, they, got, they worked jobs, they yeah. sent us off to school, yeah. and then we came back actually educated, and now they're mad because they don't understand us anymore. <laughs> and we're like, because we have the nerve to, act, to watch this. That's, shout out to Anthony PG. Watch this. We have the nerve to ask why. Yeah. 
And when the generation before us, um, the builder generation, they were all about the where. They yeah. just, I just want to know where we're going to church, where's yeah. the biggest place, where's where's the Holy Spirit at? Right. And we're the generation of why. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why is that important? Right. And when we didn't get the answers we wanted to the whys, Frustrated. we bounced. We found, yeah. Because y'all didn't give us a reason why I have to wear the, the red tie on first Sunday. Give me a reason why I got to wear the white gloves and why we got the, the, the communion and the gold plates, the gold-plated plates. Like, why is... Sunday's best, a European suit and tie. Yeah. Like, they could, the church didn't have an answer for that. And, and I get it. I'm not, no shade to the church that came before us. No. They were so busy trying to survive. Yeah. Just coming out of the Jim Crow era, just yes. coming out of the crack epidemic, yes. just coming out of riots yeah. and racial injustice. Like, they were just trying to stay open. Yeah. So, a lot of these, these preacher pastors did amazing works. With education, they we could they only dreamed of. We have education that they dreamed of, yeah. and they've built these huge, awesome ministries. Yeah. So shout out to the boomer for and the sure. builder generation. Sure. But that that doesn't also neglect the fact yeah. that when the generation came and said, "But why are we doing that? Right. Why are we doing it this way?" Yeah, when yeah. we didn't get the answers we wanted. We bounced. Right. And, and so now we have these movements like what Kanye is doing, these Sunday services, which is interesting because it is almost a blend of two worlds together. Mm. Because there are people who know that they need what they call spirituality. They need kind of the connection with God, but they do not want to gl- neglect what makes them unique or creative. So what's happening is, in my, in my opinion, I think there's an emergence of creative geniuses. Mm. They, they are brought up from a creative uh, environment that is more secular than we would consider sanctified. However, they're educated and aware en- enough to understand our Bible, understand the church culture, Yeah. but they're not fully invested because it doesn't satisfy their creative appetite. I, 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 I agree. That makes sense. I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say satisfy. I would say... You know how uh, the, the child's toy where it's like the star goes in the star hole and the heart goes in the heart yes. hole and the square goes in the square yeah. hole? There's a peg that the church will only let fit in. Only let fit in? You will only fit oh, in if you fit this shape. No. And folks were like, why do I have to give up dancing? Why do I have to give Got up you. rapping? Like, sense. if we're going to be all the way real about yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, this yeah. may be another topic for another yeah, day, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I'm looking... For G. Craig Lewis. Oh, you called him. I'm looking for him in Jesus' name. Are you I just want to go to Starbucks. I need an apology. <laughs> I do. I demand an apology from X Ministries. Listen, man. Like Wait. Lecrae, 116, oh, um, The Ambassador, yeah. The Truth. Yeah. These cats is putting out awesome gospel music. The, the beginnings of yeah, Christian yeah, hip hop. Yeah. Shy yeah. Lynn. Yeah, yeah. And here come X Ministries and G. Cream Luke, Dre yeah, Lewis. All. It's all Try. from the devil. Yeah. All hip hop is the devil. You know how many kids had their iPads taken, had their iPods thrown away, had their music CDs burned and right. tossed because parents were so afraid that hip hop was from the devil. Yeah. And now they're getting Dove Awards. Yes, right. Now, they're getting stellar awards. And I'm like, I need an apology from X Ministries and G. Craig Lewis for all the pain they caused. And, and more on a more serious topic, yeah. all the people that left the church. Because, yeah. Because they were told that their creative side was not welcome and was from Satan. Yeah. All the relationships that were destroyed yeah. between parents and children. All the, I mean, I could go down the list yeah. with the effect of telling people that part of their identity had to be cut off for them to be accepted by God. Yeah. And that's that's 
I, I just I just want if you if you ever get a chance to hear this, bro, I just want to take you to Starbucks. I just want to hear your heart. Do you still feel the same way? Like, do you play Lecrae in your car, yeah. G. Craig? I'm, I'm just, anyway, you know, I got you. No, I, I think it's unfair how the church have treated creators. But if I can steer back to Connie real quick, I think so. So I am on the fence. And, and listen, my opinions are my opinions. Right. Um, this is not you know. Millennials just think like this. I, I can't do that because um, I was told, well, at least I heard the reference of a scripture in Acts. If some of you remember uh, where uh, Saul is having a conversation with his mentor, Galileo, I believe, and he tells him in regards to the Christians that Saul is persecuting. And he says to him, uh, listen, if the movement of these uh, Christians, these Christians, if the movements of the, if they are um, of God, then nothing can basically stop them in their mm. movement. But if it's of human origin, then it'll destroy itself. Wow. So I'm looking at this Sunday service and the movement. He's going from city to city. And, and I mean, extra yeah. is giving them. TMZ yeah. is giving them publicity. I mean, yeah. all these news outlets are giving publicity because of this influencer by the name of Kanye West. Yeah. And so they're singing Jesus. They're singing our songs that that came from. Oh Lord, how excellent! See, like see, we let all me, sing. Let me. Let, me, let I, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but I just have because because you speak from a, a nice set of the internet. Okay. Here's my question. What do you mean our songs? Okay. Because I, that I, insinuates that it's not That's someone else's, and I'm like. So I spoke from the church. Right. He's he's coming from yeah, a believer standpoint, and I'm just loving you. We're just challenging each other in love. Sir. So 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 I, I basically just um, embody the mindset of most in the church. The reason why probably we have a problem embracing this is it's because us it's ours. Them. It's us versus them, opposed to consider what if this is an opportunity where God is trying to create a stronger bridge. Not just a hybrid. He's not saying that you have to stop being you, stop right. doing you. But consider, while there is one way to Jesus Christ, there are multiple bridges and opportunities by which Jesus can be made available to different people. Right? Um, some people, unfortunately, some millennials will, unfortunately, because of their pain and frustration and because of what was done to them, probably will not step back in the church. Right. But does not mean they cannot be a part of the church. Yeah. And, right? And and I would say this as well, man. Like, you got to understand, like, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Oh, but Lord. Are y'all ready? We got we to gotta be honest and say that the church that, who else? Actually, you know what? We're going to go to a break. Oh, no, he did it. We're going to go to a break <laughs> real quick. And when we come back. I'm a, I'm gonna be a little honest about oh, Lord. what millennial because we gotta because we got we can't say that all of a sudden this appetite for something new yeah, and fresh yeah. came from somewhere. I want to argue uh -oh. that there are people who have been starving for something and now they're getting it, and the people who thought that they were feeding it to them are mad. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Hold on, we'll be right back. Yeah, Mike, that's that's my point, man. I'm saying um, we have to be honest and say a lot of these millennials are born and raised in these churches. Yes. They yes. know the songs. Yeah. And, and to some degree, at least in my experience, 
church is really formulaic. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like devotion. And then uh, then the preacher gets up. Yeah. And then it's a choir selection. Yeah. And then an offering. offering. Then a choir selection. Right. Then the sermon. Yes. Then the altar call. And yeah. then if it's first Sunday, then communion. communion. Right? That's just yes, the way sir. it goes. So after a while, folks got used to like the pattern. Um, and not only that, but if I'm going to be 100% honest, a lot of us saw the pattern of what it was to be in church culture, um, but didn't see the effect of it in people's lives. Ah. What do you do with a generation that watched their parents go to church every single time the door was open yeah. and still be mean? Wow. Still yeah, be yeah. selfish? That's true. Yeah. Still be unrepentant? Still yeah. have their kids before them lying on, the fo- lying on the phone for them? Yeah. So we saw a church that was just about patterns and doing things and didn't see it as an actual changing agent for yes, our lives. Sir. Yes, sir. So we became starved for authenticity. Give me something or someone real. Yeah. So we start leaning into these mu- these music artists. Like, you you know, you got Nas and Exhibit and, and all these cats and Jay-Z. At least we're like, well, at least these people are telling me the truth. Yeah. Right? And one of those figures was Kanye West. Okay. Like, we got to tell the truth. Church, church, can we tell the truth? This is me lovingly challenging you. Y'all weren't singing Jesus Walk. (laughs) Y'all didn't have y'all ushers. Y'all didn't have y'all ushers marching to Jesus Walks. Like, tell the truth. Like, when when he he came to your culture and fit it, you were cool with it. Yeah. Because you were still kind of in charge. Right. But now that folks are going to him for a new culture, now you mad. Right, right, And I know folks are going to be like, but where is he leading them? Where is his church? Yeah. He don't have a Bible degree. None of the apostles had a Bible None. degree. That's true. And this is not me saying that Kanye West is 100% right. Right. I'm just saying, let's be sure that our critiques are coming from a place of support and love. And we're not just upset that he might be doing something better than the church is. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I, 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 at the end of the day, for me, I think um, you can't argue the fruit. Uh, I, like I said, I, I, for those of you who have seen it, I mean, I heard from the pastor at the time that 156 people got saved on that Sunday. You know, now some people may try to argue with the numbers or argue if it's authentic. And, and even today, there are still people who are arguing what else happened at that service. But at the end of the day, Jesus can defend himself. Yeah. And sometimes we try to do such a bigger uh, job at trying to defend him and say, God, you step back. Let me go ahead and try to defend you. Mm. We actually make it worse. And we, 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 we make the argument the premise. We make the argument the priority as opposed to considering, okay, God, if this is something that you're leading, if your spirit is leading this, if this is the last day revival we've been praying for, because at the end of the day, most churches have been praying for a new revival, praying that there will be a flux of, of souls added to the kingdom, but we did not have a conversation from God saying where they would come from and who would be leading them. Mike, I'm going to get in trouble again. <laughs> because... You said an influx of people coming into the kingdom. Yes. I would argue that the churches praying for kingdom growth is less than the churches that are growing for castle growth. <sighs> Here's my thing. Here's my thing. My, my are big, y'all hearing this? My big thing is kingdom over castles, right? Yeah. churches that are about growing the kingdom of God Come and on. not getting the biggest building with the Come biggest pastor on. and the most people in their yes, church. Sir. So what happens is if this if we cared about the kingdom growing, yeah. then we want to love, encourage, and advise and come alongside Kyle. I got you. If it's about my church being the biggest, yeah. and I need all those 156 members Jerusalem. to come to my church, yes. then then I don't like what Kanye is doing because he's affecting, watch this, not only my church and my numbers, he's affecting my bottom dollar. 
right? <laughs> if we be honest, yes, right, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying everybody's greedy, but right. you want to keep the church open, keep the church right, open, you gotta pay right. the bills, to pay the bills, you need yeah. ties, to pay ties, you need people, right, right, right. So what I'm saying is, we have to be really sure yes, that our critiques for Kanye and what he's doing are coming from a place of love and support, yeah. and not. Because we want our castle to be the biggest castle, yeah. but don't care how the kingdom is doing. Yes, sir. We yes, have to I get to agree. a place where it's not about us being the um, the biggest place. I go to to Light and Life Christian Fellowship. I'm, I'm all the, light. The young adult uh, pastor and director there. Yeah. And Pastor Larry Walkemeyer always preaches this idea of being a river church. Yeah. That the point of a river is to flow out. Uh, I think we planted seven churches in the last 10, 12 Beautiful. years. Only 95% of churches will never plant another church. Wow. 5% of what's left over uh, will plant one, and only 1% of those will plant more than one. Wow. We're on our seventh. Come on. So, I, I, And I say that to say that it shifts the paradigm, yeah. the mindset, the way you spend resources when it's important to you to focus on kingdom yes, sir. and not My just castle. your castle. That's good. Um, yeah. And when it comes to Kanye Sunday service, I think the fact that he doesn't have allegiance to a building yeah, think the fact that he's not like under an umbrella, umbrella yeah. um, that he's not Hillsong Kanye, right, that he's right, not right, Light right. Life Kanye, yeah. he's this Kanye Sunday service. Kanye Sunday service. Yeah. I think that makes people nervous because, yeah. and, and this is just me projecting possibly, yeah. but what if these folks are trying to hold on to a little bit of millennials they got and Kanye comes to their city? Are you just worried that your millennials are about to leave? Or are you caring about whether or not they're actually being fed where they are now? That's so good. That's so, so, so let me ask you this, Mike. Yeah. Um, what? Because everything has a precursor, yeah. right? Everything comes from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, nothing just comes. What is the atmosphere that you think was necessary amongst millennials to even make them have an appetite for Kanye West Sunday service? What makes them? What? What? It, what could they not have been receiving to make that even something? That, that excites them. I think it bears witness with their uh, their mindset. I think, like I said, we said earlier about this. This is a creative genius generation, and so as you said earlier about how the church is following the formula model of the traditional aspects, but there's a generation who bears witness with their creativity. I mean, they they they, they rap about. I mean, some of the the hottest rappers today. It's not because they are just they're they're great. Um, creatively or unique, but their lyrics really hold weight. I mean, you look at, uh, there's an artist right now who is number one, NF, mm -hmm. who, who appeals to a generation who's dealing with mental health, yep. you know, who, who's very honest, he's very uh, honest with, with his approach, and so there's a lot of millennials who bear witness with his thought process, his right. mindset, and so they're following NF, like his concerts are always jam-packed. Yep. And yet when we, in some churches, we put on something similar, they barely show up. I, I'm not saying that uh, we're not impactful or effective, but I do believe that millennials beget millennials because they get each other. Yeah. And on top of that, other creatives understand other creatives. So my suggestion, if I was to put a period to the end of a sentence, is as opposed to having an argument on what we're doing wrong, understand that God already has supply for the demand. That if there are generations who are running away from church, 
then we need to trust God knows exactly where they're running to. Mm. And God can catch them before they get there. That's so that good. God can go before ahead of, ahead of schedule and say, you know what? While y'all are scared of losing all these kids, you just need to trust me and believe that I already made provision yeah. that when they actually swim to another stream, I already have provision. I already have a net to catch them. I have a means of gathering their souls. I have a means of changing their mindsets. I have a means of, of creating opportunities for them to be the next disciple because I could not disciple them in your traditional context so I had to send them to another wow. stream so that they can be a disciple in that context. If we trust and believe that God, if we trust and believe that God is fully aware of where we are and where we need to be, that we need to thank God for what he's doing, but also be in prayer for these new potential prophets, new potential pastors and shepherds. They don't, they're not brought up in church. They don't look like the church, but who knows? What if they are the ambassadors that God called to represent the church in this generation? God, do what you need to do, and we're trusting and believing, God, that you're going to get the glory at the end of the day. Yeah, man. I, I love that, man, because we have to, as much as we're like dissecting culture, yeah. we have to remind ourselves that God has the bird's eye view. Yes, right? bird's eye And not view. only that, I would, even, I would even say that God has a generational view. Yes! So we have to say, like, what if That's the good. church that we were raised in was good to make sure that we became who we became. And what if, y'all, what if God is looking at Gen X and Gen Z and Gen Alpha and he's going, the church that they'll need needs to look like this. And you're mad because it's different and upset that it's not what you're used to. But God's like, I'm looking at Gen Alpha. I'm looking at the 13, 12-year-olds. And the year. type of church that they're going to need, I need to raise up and those shifting leaders. shifting it now. And I need to shift it now and prepare them now for the type of church that they're going to need because my kingdom will last forever. Christ told Peter, and on this rock, I will build, build my, my church. church. And not even the very gates of hell will prevail against it. And that means not even your opinion. Come on. Not even your preference. Yes, sir. Not even what you think is right. Our little social media arguments. Yeah. None of that is going to stop the church of God becoming ultimately what his will is to become. So just consider, yeah. what if that's, this is the type of church Jen Alpha will come to and they won't come to yours? Is that okay? Is that okay? And you have to challenge that in your heart. Yeah. All right, real quick, we're going to do our, our, our last um, final thoughts right after this. Yeah. All right, Mike, time for some final thoughts. Yeah, so uh, my challenge to millennials from the church is um, culture doesn't replace Christ. Culture finds validation and value in Christ. Um, the Bible that we preach about, you'll notice that a lot of, there are different trends, different cultures that transpired through the New Testament church. Uh, but at the end of the day, regardless of what culture were created, they really found their greatest value and validation in Christ. And so uh, prayerfully, this millennial generation, while they will value their uniqueness, they will value their creativity, my prayer is that they just find themselves in Christ, in his word, and uh, you, you'll really find a great, greater power in that. Uh, and my challenge to the church from millennials is just trust the God that you preach about. Yeah. Because the reality is he's a generational God. We just had a conversation about God who has transcended generations, not just churches, not just systems, not just strategies, but generations. And God is fully aware. He has a bird's eye view of where we are and where we need to be. And if we just trust and put our hope in God, no matter how many quote unquote millennials are leaving the church, we know that God knows exactly where they're going and he's already meeting them before they get there. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. My final thoughts would be this. My challenge to the to millennials from the church. 
I would say if you love something, critique it. Um, if you love any, if you have any relationships, you have expectations on people. Yeah. Right. I love my wife, so she has an expectation of how I behave. Yeah. That I keep my word. Right. Um, and that I live up to the vows that I made when we got married. Yeah. Um, if you guys are into what folks would consider New Age Church or Kanye Sunday service, uh, love it, love it. That's fine. But be able to critique it. Gotcha. Does this match what the scripture says? Yes. Does this match what the Holy Spirit is saying I can, in my heart? I can do. I can go with that. Do I see the fruit of the Spirit in the yeah. leadership? Do I feel loved? Do I feel yeah. welcome? Or am I just being rebellious to what was in front of what, what, where I come from? That's true. It's important to know whether or not you're running from something or running to something. Ah, it's a right difference there. between just trying to escape somewhere yes, sir. and going because you feel like God is calling you somewhere. Yes, sir. Um, I think that Jonah was running from something, uh, but Abraham was going to somewhere. Yes, sir. And it's a difference. It's a difference. Um, Big difference. My uh, critique to um, the church from millennials will probably be, I think this is a really, really good time to challenge ourselves. Um, because, and, I, and this may sound like I cheated, but if you love something, critique it. Um, <laughs> right. When was the That's last it. time you sat in a room with your young adults and asked them, this is the way we have been doing church. Is this working for you? Watch this. If ministry... It, shout out Anthony PG. If ministry <laughs> is meeting needs, yeah. definition of ministry yeah. is a need being met. Yeah. When was the last time you asked your young people, your your young adults, are your needs being met? Yeah. Because what will happen is they will camouflage by just mastering your culture, yeah. but not be growing, yes, not sir. be feeling a part of the church, yes, not be feeling loved. Um, and that doesn't serve either party. So... My challenge to the church for millennials is is value us by making the time to hear us. Yeah. Are we being, are our needs being met? Yes, sir. In what you're doing? Yes, sir. And be courageous enough and trust God enough to actually hear our answer. That's really good. That's beautiful. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. Yes, On this you. first episode. I hope we didn't get in too much trouble, Mike. <laughs> all right. Um, but we appreciate it. Um, and just know that, that God is a plan with and for all of us. And we want to kind of be this place where you can to help you find balance um, between culture, um, the church, from boomer to millennial. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's look at it from both sides and find balance. Balance. The balancing act is necessary for all of us to consider where we are and where we need to be. And uh, again, just make Jesus a priority. He knows exactly where you are and where you need to be. And as long as you're there, everything else will work out. Awesome. We want to thank our first sponsor, the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I we ain't got no more. I uh, appreciate it. Like, <laughs> share, and subscribe. Yes. yes. Peace out. Love you, family.